The Word. Did you get it? The sure foundation of the Word this morning. Oh, that's like my favorite of all time subjects is the Word. And so we're going to get into that just a little bit. The title is The Word, big bold letters, God's Standard. The Word. And so we'll get into it. I wanted to check with y'all and see. You might even be able to do it today. How many of you have ever bought a product? And when you bought that product and you put your hand in your pocket or you pulled out the product, a little piece of paper fell out of it. How many? Raise your hand. What did it say? Expected by such and such, right? Most every product that you buy today says inspected by such and such. What does that mean? What was that word? A standard. That they have a standard that this has to pass in order that it passes the quality inspection that it has to pass. Now, I know Keith's mom, she was a quality inspector for decades, you know, and people just didn't like her at all (laughs) because she would send their work back to them because it didn't pass inspection. You know, if a garment came through and it didn't have the quality that they were looking for, she would have to send it back to them. Because it didn't pass inspection. Well, we know school. If you go to the sixth grade and you don't make good enough grades, what happens? You've got to go back because there's a what? A standard. How many of you, when you went to college or if you did go to college, you got a book that said guidelines and rules and these are the what? The standards. You have to do this. That You have to take these courses before you can take these courses, right? There's standards that you have to do before you can go on to the next thing, right? I know. The reason I even thought about this is because the other day I was looking for some chairs. And I know enough about interior design to know that interior design, if anybody knows anything about it, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's certain tests and certain criteria that they have to pass, like, for instance, a chair has to pass, it's called a Weisenbeck test, that it has to pass, that it can get so many rubs on it by this piece of equipment, so you can tell how many times your little rear end can get up and down from that chair. And it has to pass the National Fire Inspection Committee for how long it can resist fire, like in a setting like this. There are certain standards that things have to pass. And I thought, now isn't that funny? A chair has got to pass a standard. And a school has got to pass a standard. And these britches you got on has got to pass a standard. But a Christian don't have to pass a standard anymore. You know, back in olden days, you know, if you saw a Christian going into a R-rated movie, how many of you are older, and, and I saw some people go like this, just as I said it, they cut me off. Don't cut me off just yet. You may like it. Hang on. Hang on. If you saw a Christian... How many of you are older than 70 or 80 years old? Don't, don't tell off on yourself too much. Put it down real quick. Okay. And you saw someone going into an R-rated movie. Did you think they were a Christian? How many of you are older than 50? Did you question whether they were a Christian? How many of you are older than 30? Did it bother you at all? Do you understand what I'm saying? The standards began to lower. And now today, does it bother most people at all? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like 
The standards have changed. I remember Brother Jesse saying this, and I'm going to talk about Brother Jesse because he talks about you. Every, he talks about me. He talks about anybody he wants to talk about. So I'm going to, I'm going to play privilege today and, and, and say it about him because he'll tell anything about you he wants to tell. But I remember Brother Jesse telling this. And if you've heard him, you, you know, he says you can't go anywhere without them taking you to dinner and expecting you to drink with them. Now, this is Brother Jesse. Now, I grew up with an alcoholic dad, so I don't think it's okay to drink. If you grow up around an alcoholic, you don't want anything to do with drinking. Now, I know there's a lot of people today that their standards have changed. See how quiet it gets in here? See how quiet? I'm not telling you what to do. That's between you and God. I'm just telling you. The standards have changed. The standards have changed in our Christian society. But I do think that you should be able to tell a Christian from the world. I do think that. I do think you should be able to tell a Christian from the world. Now, when we came up, you know, we ca- I came up Catholic. I grew up, and I've told you this before, and this particular church that we grew up in that I can remember when I was a teen, um, it was nothing for the nuns and the priests to drink. The priests would come over to our home on Sunday afternoon and drink with my dad because he drank. The nuns would drink. Any other Catholics I got in here? Just wasn't a deal. You know, so I didn't think it was a wrong thing. So, you know, everybody has to follow what they... But then Keith grew up, oneness Pentecostal. Okay? Do we have anybody in here that grew up around oneness Pentecostals or holiness? Was it okay to drink? No. 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 Now, it's not our job, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more, to tell somebody what their conscience says. Keith's been talking about that. You're not the Holy Ghost, even though I tried to be a few times. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not. But what we are supposed to do is find out where we get our standards from as Christians. Does anybody have an idea or a clue or a guess or a thought or a wondering where we might get our clues from as a Christian? The Word of God. The Word of God. We don't have to take what somebody else said and get their opinion of what's right and what's wrong. I think that was the greatest thing that Brother Hagin taught us. If I had to say in our walk with the Lord, the greatest thing that we have learned and that we did learn from Brother Hagin, and I've said it before and I'll say it till my last breath, was... Find the Scripture for what you believe. Find the Scripture for your foundation. Find the Scripture to stand on. Elsewise, have you ever seen a pond that's barely frozen and somebody try to walk across it? What starts happening? It starts cracking. And then what starts happening? You go down, and then what starts happening after that? You get cold, and then what starts happening after that? Don't skip over the cold part. Because when you don't get what you're believing for, you have a tendency to get cold and away from God. 
And that's what happens when you don't get what you're believing for. You've got to have a sure foundation. And that is the Word of God. Too many people have been trying to believe for things and they have no foundation. They just decide they want something or decide they need something or decide they're believing for something and they're on crackly ice. And they're about to fall through. And they don't have anything to stand on. I know, I know, um, as pastors, we are not afforded the luxury of our opinion. People ask us, what do you think about drinking? What do we think about drinking? What does the word say? What do you think about divorce? Where's the scripture? What do you think about gays and lesbians? What does the scripture say? What do you think about having babies out of wedlock? What does the word say? You say, well, there's not all scriptures for all those things. Just wait. I'm going to show you some. We don't get to tell our opinions about stuff. Because our opinions are like that crackly ice. It will make you fall through. They don't matter. They don't mean much. I think often about Brother Copeland. Now, Brother Copeland has gotten a lot of ridicule for this. And a lot of people have called him a lot of names. And a lot of people don't believe it. And a lot of people don't agree with it. And a lot of people... But you know what? Even if you don't agree with it, you've got to respect the man. Because... One day, he saw in the Word for himself, and he believed to him. Say, to him. To him. Now, you can't judge another man's conscience. Amen. 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 What he feels like, something is said to him. He felt like that the Word said to him what? Oh, no man. Anything but to love him. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you stand solely and completely on the Word that if you see something to your own detriment and to your own expense and to your own hurt, you're going to do it, lack of a better word, come hell or high water? The man said, he saw in the Bible where it said, Oh, no man, anything. And guess what? He owed no man anything. And he took the scorn, and he took the trouble, and he took the bullets, and he took the arrows, and he took everything that it took. Why do you think he's got the ministry he's got today? It didn't matter. It didn't matter if everybody in the world thought it was right. That's what the Lord told him. And if we don't get that way to where if we see something in this word and it means something to us that strong, we'll never have everything we're supposed to have. That's what Brother Hagin taught us. He taught us that if you see it in my word, it has got to become the standard in your life. I'll never forget it. You've all heard it. The day that the Lord told me about... Now, this didn't bless me. Understand. 
Now, every woman in here knows what I, I'm talking about. But it didn't bless me when the Lord told me, Submit. And I had to go find it in the Bible to see if it was actually in there. But when I saw it was in there, I had a choice to make. Now, my mama ran my household. Now, did I like it? Absolutely not. Were there times I thought about not submitting? Most all my life. (laughs) Were there times I thought about running? You betcha. Were there times I thought about not doing what the Bible says? Oh, yeah. But I had to come to a conclusion that if I wanted and I believed God that He was my Lord, I had to do what this book said. Whether I liked it or I didn't like it. And I dare to say that every person in here has a oh no man nothing or a wife submit. They have something in their life that God has told them to do that they didn't want to do and they didn't like. But you have to make a choice. And the very first thing that the devil is going to try to do is get you off of that thing. And you have to make it a point. Now, I've got on heels, but we're going to try this. You have to, you see how skinny this book is? It doesn't matter if there's crocodiles and alligators standing all around you. You have to make it a point that if tornadoes are coming, if hurricanes are coming, If every dart is coming, if flames are all around you, if water's all around you, this is your only foundation. This is the only thing that's real. This is the only thing that's true. This is the only thing that's right. This is the only thing you can trust in. Now, there's people looking at me like, I don't buy it. Until you make that decision, Jesus is not your Lord. Now, I'm not saying you won't go to heaven, but he's not your Lord. Listen to this. Psalm 138, verse 2 in the King James Bible. Just the ending of it. It says... For this is the Lord, and he said, For thou hast magnified thy word above what? Read that with me. Wait, wait. That says James. I said Psalm. Thank you. For thou hast, read that with me. He magnified his word above his name. His word is more important to him than his name. His word. His word. One reason why? Because you can pull this book out and look at it for yourself. I want a word from the Lord. Okay, here you go. Have a whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of them. Okay, turn, uh, you don't have to turn there, just listen. John 1, 14. Just the first part of it. It says, the what? The what? The word 
was made flesh and dwelt among us. So then the next thing that you want to know is what did the Word say and what did the Word do? Everybody used to wear these bands. How many of you wore them? What would Jesus do? How many of you wore one of those bands? What would Jesus do? Well, let's find out what did Jesus do. What did Jesus do? Are we supposed to do what Jesus did as our standard? Yes. Yes. What would Jesus do? I, I don't know if you understand. The devil is not afraid of you. He's not afraid of you at all. And he loves to play mind games with you, and he loves to attack you, and he loves to get you depressed, and he loves to get you down, and he loves to steal everything you have got. That's his game. And the only thing, say only. Only. Say it again, only. Only. Say it again, only. only. Only thing that you can combat him with. The only thing that you can win with. The only thing that you can overcome him with. Not your muscles. Not how smart you are. Not how long you stand. Not how long you resist. Not how good looking you are. It's this. Your sure foundation. That's all you can stand on. You can cry. You can pray. You can do everything you want to do. But the only thing that he is afraid of is this. This is it. This is all he's afraid of. And let's prove it. You want me to prove it? All right, let's go there. Let's go to, let's see, i got a lot of stuff in the way, but we're going to go back to it. We'll go out of order here. Let's go to Matthew 4, 1. I think I have it in the New Living. I hope it's the right New Living, but we'll see. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness And he was tempted by who? You ever been tempted by the devil? So there's no confusion here who's doing this, right? How many of you ever been tempted by the devil to do something? Okay, what about the rest of you? You've never been tempted by the devil. Let's try this one more time. How many of you in this room have ever been tempted by the devil? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And Jesus himself, now Jesus, when he came to the earth, he came in the form of a man, and he wasn't God, he just was a man. Okay? If you don't believe that, go study your Bible. That's not my opinion, it's what the Bible says, okay? He came as a man, and he resisted temptation just exactly like we have to resist temptation so he could prove that it could be done. Elsewise, you could be expected to do something that you wouldn't be able to do. We would be expected to do things that we are not capable of doing. But he did it as a man so that we could do it also. So this is how Jesus did it. Are you ready? Okay. And when he had fasted for 40 days and night, afterwards he was hungry. And the tempter, who's the tempter? You ever been tempted by the devil? To do anything? When he tempts you to do anything, what's the way out? Okay. The tempter came to him and said, If you are, first off he questions who he is, if you are the redeemed of the Lord, we talked about that the last time, remember? Okay, you don't remember, but that's okay. I'll forgive you. If you are the redeemed of the Lord, or if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. If you are the redeemed of the Lord, 
do this. If you are the Son of God, do this. If you are the redeemed of the Lord, do this. If you are the redeemed of the Lord, if you are the Son of God, do this. He ever told you that? Okay. What did Jesus do? He sat down and prayed. He sat down and cried. He called for the church, a prayer group. He asked a bunch of people's opinions. He sent out a chain letter. He started a prayer line. I'm not making fun of those things. It's just they don't work. Unless somebody's praying in faith, you can have a million people praying, and all it takes is one person doing what God said. And this is what God said do. He said, he said, what did he say? It is. What did he refer back to? Jesus referred to the Word? He didn't say, I am Jesus, I command you. He didn't say, I am the Son of God, leave me alone. He didn't say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. What did he say? What did God exalt above his name? His word. Jesus himself said, It is written. Now, if Jesus has to say it is written, when we're attacked, what do we have to say? We need to remind the devil that it's in the Bible. And it doesn't hurt if you quote scripture and verse. What that means is you took the time to find the scripture in verse. It is written, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, why didn't he just call a bunch of angels down? To bring him some food. Because God didn't tell him to. He said, let's see where the verse is. I've got it here somewhere. I'll let you see it. Let's see. Mm. I know it's here somewhere. I've got too many things in my hands now. Let's see. John 5:19 you don't have to turn there but it says um then Jesus answered and said unto them verily verily I say unto you the son of man can do nothing but what he sees the father do and verse 20 says the father loves the son and shows him all things that he does so why didn't Jesus call down food the father didn't show him to do it Why can't you just do something? The Father didn't show us to do it. People are standing for things that God didn't show them to do. We can only stand on what is written. Written. Okay? Jesus said it is written. Written. Okay? So let's keep going. That was his flesh, in case you're wondering. The devil was trying to attack his flesh. You ever had the devil attack your flesh? Does your flesh ever do want to do anything that it shouldn't want to do? Only a few peoples. Does your flesh ever want to eat when it shouldn't eat? You ever tried to lose a few pounds? You want a scripture verse? It is written. 
Man does not live by bread alone, by, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's your verse right there. Hey, if it worked for Jesus, it'll work for you. There's a lot of verses in the Bible we're not using. It's written. Greater one lives inside of me. Greater is he that lives inside of me than he that lives in the world. There's a lot of verses. But this was his flesh. You ever, your flesh ever wanted to have an affair? There's so many things that your flesh wants to do that we don't have to do. Okay, so let's keep going. We won't go there. I've got a lot of stuff to cover. The devil, then the devil took him up into a holy city and set him up high on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if, notice he keeps saying if, when he already knows, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, because Jesus said it is written, what did the devil do? He quoted him scripture back. He said, it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands shall they bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now here's where people mess up. They try to use scriptures out of context because the devil feeds them to them. See, only three people said amen. Okay, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. The Lord will protect you if you don't wear a mask. How many people did we hear say that? How many ugly letters did I get? See how many quiet people we got? But read the next verse. Jesus said to him, It's also written in a lot of places. It's also written. You got to keep all the scriptures in context. It's also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Do you know people look for a scripture that says verbatim what they're looking for? Word for word, verbatim, to answer exactly what they're looking for? When not tempting the Lord your God was going to cover a lot of stuff. And if Jesus used don't tempt God, reckon we should use don't tempt God? Don't tempt God. Do you think if, if jumping off a cliff is tempting God? Doing a bunch of the dumb stuff like going places we shouldn't go and doing things we shouldn't do is tempting God? You say, oh, the Lord will protect me. You know, we, I used to work at Ramah. And I used to be over the admissions office. And I hate to say it, but some Ramah students was dumber than dumb. You know that old movie... I watched it 20 years ago, 30 years ago, however old it is, Dumb and Dumber. That was some of them. They go stand on the railroad track and say, if the Lord's God, he'll protect me. Now, that's dumb and dumber. Now, there's people today that do stuff like that. That's dumb and dumber. How dumb can you get? Is the proverbial question. We are not to tempt the Lord. We don't have to have a scripture verse that says, don't go stand on the railroad track. Did God give you a brain? You know, we, we had some really dumb things that happened, you know, and... It's not just them. It's just people in the world that tempt God. They try drugs. I know, you know, I won't call his name, but we had a friend. He was a pretty good friend. He was a country music singer. And he was married. 
And the Lord dealt with him. Don't ever drink again. Don't do it. Guess what he did? Guess what he did? Had a severe stroke. I mean, he was one of the most popular country music singers you'll ever know. Had a stroke. Hasn't been able to sing since. Is that tempting the Lord? I think so. Do you have to have a scripture verse that tells you don't do something to protect you? Let's get back on the course. Do you have to have a scripture verse that says don't do drugs? I got you one. Here. I told you I'd give you something. Here, let me, let me go find I, I'm out. Of, I'm out of sync, you know, So, it, but it doesn't matter. You care if I'm out of sync? Good thing. 1 Corinthians 6.18. I'll just read the whole verse I wasn't going to. It's just, a, I, got, I always bring some extra pages. And you see, I got a, a separation line here with a red thing across it. These are just my extra notes, just in case I need them. This is an extra one. It says, 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee fornication and every sin that man does without the body. But he that commits fornication sins against his own body. What? Say what? What? Say what? Know you not that say my, 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 point to your body. Everybody's not doing it. I'm looking. My, 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 I'm looking, my, 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 my. Is everybody in Branson pointing to their body? They think they're getting away with it. Let's put them up there on the screen. I want to see if they are. Dave Vaughn, get your finger up there. He is, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just picking on him. Um, he's easy to pick on because he just smiles when you pick on him. Um, my body is what? The temple of the Lord of which the Holy Ghost is in you, which you have of God, which is not what? Your own. You were bought. When somebody buys something, who owns it? Have you ever bought anything at a store? If somebody comes in to your house and tries to destroy it, what if, hey, I got an idea. Rob, get up right now and take a can of paint and go out there and paint over all the cars out there. (laughs) Red paint. And on the red ones, take white paint. What do you think? We got some probably some bright yellow and some bright red. You got a lot of colors out there. What do you think? You think they're going to fuss? How many of you are going to fuss if he does that? Look at the hands. Why are you going to fuss? Because it's yours and it belongs to you, right? And what about your house? If he does the same thing, he leaves here and he goes to your house and paints the whole front of it with some white or yellow or some kind of fluorescent green paint. (laughs) Huh? We do not get the option. Either we believe what this thing says and we submit to our husbands and we owe no man nothing if God tells us something, and we do what this book says, it's real easy to want the privileges of God. Everybody wants his money. Everybody wants his healing. Everybody wants his salvation. Everybody wants his blessings. But nobody wants to do what he says. 
When you're about to have a crash, what do you do? Oh, God, help me. When you're sick, what do you do? Oh, God, help me. When you're broke, what do you do? Oh, God, help me. He is the God of grace. He is the God of mercy. And He did pay a great price for you. But He also said, let's see, let let me go through my extra notes here. See, I went totally off. Let's see. I think we can quote it. Joshua. Anybody remember what He said in Joshua? Uh Uh-huh. If you be 1-8, if you'll meditate in His Word, day and night, What's going to happen? This book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it therein day and night, and thou may observe to do what? According to all that's written therein. For then, 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 I'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Oh, but Mrs. Moore. Oh, but Mrs. Moore, don't you know this book is divided into two sections? That is the Old Testament. That does not apply to us today. Great. Turn to the New Testament. I like it. I can handle that. Great. Turn to the New Testament. To uh, If you don't want that one, we'll do another one. We'll do another one. I got you. I got you covered. Let's see if I can find it here, but I got you. Let's see here. Um, it's in Corinthians, I know. Let's see. Uh, um, Just hum with me for a minute. I know it's here. Somebody help me find it. Um. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Where's that at? First, it's, it's, no, it's, it's Corinthians, isn't it? I think it's in Corinthians. Did I leave a page at home? They're stuck together here. Let's see. Somebody look it up on your Google. I know it's in here somewhere. I'm just overlooking it. There you go. That's, what, what, where is that at? Wait a minute, wait a minute. What, where is that at? That is in the New Testament, guys. That's in the New Testament. So, you know, if we love him, and it goes on, it goes down, I think it's 21, 14, 21, or something like that. It says it again. It says it like three places. Uh, yeah. See, I have an excellent memory. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. We don't get to choose what we do. If we want God's best, we've got to stand on this foundation. We don't get to pick and choose what parts of it we like and what parts of it we don't like. Now, People of today have categories of what's their standard. I I wrote some things down. Their parents. They've listened to their parents most all their life. Their peers. Their friends. Their job. Books. CDs. Social media. Movies. Songs. Even CDs from ministers. But how many times has Keith told you, have I told you, and I would hope other ministers would tell you, if anything they say, you can't find, Brother Hagin used to say this, you can't find at least three scriptures to back it up, throw it away. Don't take their word for it. Because it will get you on that crackly ice. 
And you'll wind up getting cold and pulling away from God. You want a foundation that you can, anybody can take anything and you can stand on it and it'll take ridicule. It'll take somebody trying to dissect it. Do you know, and I'm going to tell this and he won't like it, but you know me, I tell about him all the time and and he's not watching because he's preaching. (laughs) So I'm safe. There's a lot of people that when they preach a sermon, myself included, so I can't say, I'm not saying bad about anybody else. When they preach a sermon, they will have studied it for a very short period of time. A week, two weeks, a day. Not my husband. These series that he teaches... Most of them, he has studied on for a year. Some of them, two years. Some of them, he's muddled across in his mind and looked up stuff. I know Dave can tell you, too. He's right there, and he'll nod his head over there. He's, he's thrown stuff out to us about them and talked to us about them sometimes three years before. That's why you can't just take a sermon that he's got and dissect it and find a hundred things wrong with it. Because he's torn it apart. He's looked at it. Because it's got a foundation based on this. That's what you want your life to be. So when the devil comes and he says, you're not healed... Ten scriptures come to your mind mm-hmm. why right. you are healed. He has nothing to combat against you when it comes to your mind and says, you can't have that because you did this. You've got 26 scriptures to tell him why you're redeemed. And it doesn't matter how bad you messed up. But he's defeating people because they don't have a foundation. They don't have anything to stand on. So they get weak in the knees and they go through the ice because they've got maybe one scripture that they kind of know. And they didn't even really study it, so they don't even really know if it means that. And so all it takes, can the devil quote scripture? We just saw that he could. We just saw that he could quote scripture. Do you want him coming to you and quoting scripture over what you're believing? Absolutely not. But he will. And guess who will win? Unless you have got this, he's going to win. We've got to have a foundation. We can't be moved by what our peers say. We can't be moved by social media. What do you care how many likes and dislikes you get on social media? Huh? Is that going to heal you? Is that going to set you free in your mind, in your depression? Is that going to get your kids on a different course? What will? The Word of God. The foundation that He's given us. Now, I'm going to go to the next one. And your opinions. The devil's big on this one. I used to think my opinions mattered, and I used to tell them to Keith all the time, and I used to make up stories about everything, that cars that go along or people that go along, and, and uh, I used to be big on it until we started traveling. This was decades ago, so I didn't, it's, this didn't happen yesterday. And the minute that we would get in the back seat of a car and a minister would pick us up for a trip, 
we'd get there and Keith's sitting here and I'm sitting here and his Bible's in here, but I'll sit here anyway. And the people are in the front seat and they say, did you hear what happened to such and such? And Keith, of course, what does he do? Zips it. He don't say a word. So that leaves, as Brother Hagen called him, his talking machine. Can we turn it down just a little bit and cool it off in here just a little bit? Thank you. His talking machine. So they'd look at me and say, did you hear about this minister? Did you hear about that minister? Did you hear about this? And they want Keith's opinion about it. Well, Keith ain't going to say anything. So they look to me. And they really look to me when Keith's not standing there. Even today, people do that. Just three or four days ago, we had somebody call us and say, Did you hear? Wanting to talk about somebody. Wanting our opinion. Do you know what our opinion is worth? What you pay for it. Absolutely nothing. It does nobody any good. It's of no point, of no purpose. You shouldn't be voicing your opinion. Do you want people to respect you and respect what you say? How many do? How many really do? Really? Then keep your mouth shut. Quit posting on Facebook. Quit telling people your opinions. What you think. Your opinion. The only opinion you should have is what God tells you. Because that's the only thing that's going to help anybody. Do you really want to help people? Do you really want God to be able to use you? Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about having supernatural miracles in the church here. You thought I forgot about that. Right? I want us to see, I want us to be able to say, what you got? What you got? What you got from the Lord? Come on, tell me. What you got from the Lord? And it be a word from the Lord. And why and how would she have a word from the Lord? Because she hadn't been listening to everybody's opinion. She hadn't been listening to everybody else's voice. She's been listening to what God's been telling her. And she's pushed all this other stuff aside, and now God's talking to her. And she may have something for you over there. And you know, sometimes it's best that the pastor doesn't give it, because the pastor knows a lot about what's going on with you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. But she may not know what's going on with you. But the only way that we can get there is if we quit voicing our opinions. Now, I'm going to step on some toes, pull pull them back under the chairs. (laughs) This political stuff has really divided the body of Christ. And there ain't nowhere in this Bible where it says for me to preach, preach politics. Nowhere. Plus, there's nowhere in this Bible where it says for me to tell you who to vote for. And how many of you have ever seen a politician lie? Huh? Raise your hand if you've ever seen a politician lie. So do you think a Republican could tell you something you want to hear? Huh? Do you think a Democrat could say something you want to hear? What are they after? We have something greater inside of us. Dear me, quit voicing your opinion. If somebody votes for somebody you think is not who they should vote for, trust that they know how to hear from God. Quit it! 
Your opinion means diddly squat to God. Give him a chance to hear from God. It's still your Okay, come on. You got to say it. It's still your Don't lose your friends and your family and your, your church and everybody you love over your opinion. It is an opinion. Get mad at me if you want to. Where's your darts? Come on, throw them. I'm wide open. Throw them. I do want you to vote on Tuesday. But I trust something bigger than somebody's voice. I trust the greater one inside of me. He's the only one that knows the end from the beginning. He's the only one who knows who's telling the truth. If you believe every ad you see on TV, you're dumber than the devil. I'm serious, guys. Come on. Don't lose family and friends over who they're voting for. Don't split your church over who people vote for. Trust that God knows how to deal with people. We've had friends that don't believe in prosperity. We've had friends that don't believe in receiving the Holy Spirit. We've had friends that barely believe in speaking in tongues at all. Which you think is more important? Going to heaven and getting people... We've had friends that don't believe in healing. Which you think is more important? Going to heaven? Getting people healed? Set free? God can prosper you. It don't matter who's in office. If you trust Him. How many of you are still prospering? Look at this. Look at this. Look at the hands. Look at the hands. Oh, my word, you're still prospering. Imagine that. God is a miracle worker. Who ever heard of such? He can work miracles. In spite of who's in office. He did it in spite of who was king. I'm not saying it's best. And and I know people are watching all over the globe. And I'm not saying it's the best thing. You want to vote for who's right. And you want to pray. And you want to be led. But don't shoot somebody because they... Okay? Keep your opinions to yourself. And not just about voting, about diet, about what people should eat, about where they should go. Just because you don't go to the movie, don't tell somebody else what they should do. Just because you don't drink, don't tell somebody else what they should do. I told you I was going to get back to it. Just because you don't wear a tattoo. You could have strong feelings about it. But you know what? If they love God and they got one of these books, you let God talk to them. And if they won't listen to Him, why do you think your opinion is going to make it stronger than them listening to Him? What it will do is make them mad and turn away from God. We want people listening to God anyway and not to us. You know, like I said, I grew up with an alcoholic daddy. Mm -hmm. Till the day he died, he was drinking. And you know how much I said to him about it? No, daddy, I'm not taking you to the store to get alcohol. That's the extent of it. Am I correct, Rob? That's it. I loved him with all my heart. He was my bud. He was my pal. But I didn't judge him. And you shouldn't judge anybody either. We are to love people. We're not to judge them for what they do. 
We're not to give our opinions about what they do. We are to love them. That's the only thing that will set people free. And yes, my dad got saved. He went to heaven. He's with my mom. But it's not my job. It's not my job to tell you how to dress. It's not my job to tell you how to wear your hair. Although some of your hair is pretty bad. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We could hire a stylist for some of us. We should have that one day, just a stylist coming here and redress all of us. You know, don't you think that? Yeah. We, we did that years ago in Branson, you know. But anyway, the final thing that we should care about is God's Word. That's our foundation. That's what we should want. That's what we should stand on. That should be our judge, our jury, our defender. Do you understand what I was talking about, about Brother Kenneth? doesn't matter what you believe about oh no man anything. Can you not respect the man that he went through his whole life not borrowing a dime? I mean, how hard is that? It's extremely hard. It is extremely hard. And I'll tell you something else. It's extremely hard to submit all the time. How many of you ever done it? Submit all the time. Huh? It's extremely hard. And there's chances you can give up. But if you love God more than you love you, today is a day that we need to do something. And it's going to seem weird, and it's going to seem odd, and you really need to make a choice. I don't want no wishy-washies today. Because this isn't about me. This is about what you decide. This is about a decision you make in your life. I made it in 1978. I got baptized in a cold pond. And I decided he was not my Savior, he was my Lord. Big difference. Big difference. And you know what? I've come from being broke and depressed. And if you could see other people that I was around at the time, you would see the difference in them and me. Rob knows some of them. I don't know. Some of the others in here know some of them. Night and day difference. Don't get me wrong. There's been times that I've thought of quitting. There's been times I thought, does this word work? But you know what he did? Just what I showed you. I stood on it. And I let the shark circle. But I stood on this. And I kid you not. You see me? I'm still standing. And I've only gotten stronger. And stronger, and stronger, and stronger. And you heard last week, what did we do? We paid off our beach house. That was not even a need. Do you understand that? What glorifies me in that, and not glorifies me, but gives me glory, is that I know, guys, I know, if God will give me a beach house, He will give you a new car, He will give you a house. He will give you new clothes. He will give you your bills paid. He will give you a child. He will, because I don't need that. Do you understand that? And if I don't even need that, and He will give me that, how much more? How much more will He give you all your needs? See, that's what I know. I know if He will give me something I don't even need, He will pay every bill you've got. He will get you to where you need to be. He will do everything you need Him to do. That's how good He is. He's not holding anything back. But, but, 
There's things we got to do. We can't just be reap the benefits without doing what he tells us to do. I know without a shadow of a doubt, if I hadn't stood on his word and I hadn't done the things that he's told me to do, and it's not always easy, but it's definitely beneficial. And it's definitely worth the price. So today, what I want us to do, and again, it's not going to be everybody in here. But if you're serious about making him your Lord and seeing the things in your life change once and for all, this is a final decision. And if God has showed you some things already, and you know he will show you some things when you do this, I want you to stand up. All right, I want, I want everybody that's standing up to go.